This is the Find Your Forte podcast, episode 50. You have the passion. You have the education. Now it's time for the inspiration. Get ready to step up to the podium with purpose. This is the Find Your Forte podcast with choral director and lifestyle entrepreneur, Ryan Guth. Hey there, Choir Nation. This is Ryan Guth with the Find Your Forte podcast, and I am so incredibly excited to be bringing to you today episode 50 of the regular Wednesday episodes of Find Your Forte. This is the traditional Wednesday episode, not the Technique Tuesday, which we've been sharing a lot of. We're on episode 20 at this point. But episode 50 of the Find Your Forte podcast, it is incredibly exciting uh, to have shared so many episodes with you, so many great guests over the past uh, year and a month, about 13 months at this point. And today, our episode is going to focus on my for-profit choir business model. This is something that I want to spread throughout Choir Nation. I want more teachers to take control of their life, their extracurricular life, uh, and start a side business with me doing for-profit choir. This is the next yoga, people. This is the next this is the next fitness pole dancing or soul cycle. This is the new generation of choral entrepreneurship and I think this is something that will catch on uh, with my help. Uh, I will encourage you, I will motivate you and I want to help you do it as well. So um, you're going to head over to my website, ryanguth.com forward slash for profit choir. One word, for profit choir. There you will get information about working with me one on one and in a small group to help you launch in eight weeks a for-profit choir of your very own. This is a business entity that you own that I will help you get from start to launch, from nothing to something, making a positive cash flow every single month with a for-profit choir that you control and that the benefits that you receive are directly correlated to the amount of effort and time and hard work that you put in. This is something that is so different than what we're used to as being educators because when you're an educator, you make the same amount of money no matter what you do, no matter how hard you work, that you know the end result is always the same financially. And I'm going to get into this more and more throughout the episode, but uh, I, I, there's nothing like running a business for yourself on your own terms. It's better than being appointed a community choir director or, be, or being appointed a school or church choir director because your effort is directly correlated to your bottom line. And uh, I believe that this is the model that we need to be focusing on moving forward in Choir Nation. And uh, I'm going to help a few people through my pilot program get there. So uh, if you're interested in applying for that program, again, head over to my website, ryanguth.com forward slash for profit choir so that you can um, apply using the Google form application that I have provided there. And I will uh, get you uh, potentially into my pilot program 
if you're worthy enough for my help. So go, go ahead over there and check that out. Now, we're going to delve into this episode. I'm going to break down exactly what I did to start a company whose choirs have done, in tuition alone, over a half million dollars in revenue in the last seven years. So this is something that I started while I was teaching full-time. And for the first five years of that business, I'm sorry, six years of that business, I was teaching full-time, 40-plus hours a week, and running this company that dealt with for-profit choir. And I'm going to teach you exactly how I did that. Um, It's basically summarize how I did that in this episode. But if you want to know all the nitty-gritty details... And literally, I will hold your hand through the process of nothing and in eight weeks, a for-profit choir of your very own. This is the time to start. Right now it is May. People are looking for things to do in the fall. They're starting to plan their summer, their fall, and their next school year. This is the time to hop on board and do it. Again, ryanguth.com forward slash for-profit choir. You can also hit me up on Facebook. Uh, you will see that I'll be posting all over Facebook about the application for this opportunity to work with me uh, individually and in a small group of other uh, choral director entrepreneurs that will be launching their for-profit choir as well in eight weeks. So check us out on Facebook, Inquire Nation, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash choir nation. Let's get into today's episode. All right, Choir Nation, the purpose of this episode is to encourage you to stop waiting for the right opportunity and take action to start a for-profit choir like I did to gain artistic fulfillment on your own terms and earn a little or a lot of cash on the side. I'm going to start with an anonymous quote. Entrepreneurship is living a few years of your life like most people won't so that you can spend the rest of your life like most people can't. So congratulations on following your dreams. Make your passion your profession. That's the dream. You live it every day when you step up to your podium. If you're a choral director, you're amongst a group of the most passionate people I know who are doing exactly what they should be doing with their lives, affecting people and making the world better one rehearsal at a time. Most people have no idea what they should be doing with their lives, often choosing to play it safe, choosing a career that pays well over actually following their dreams. As a choral director, I'm sure you have at one time or another stared down your fears, your families, and your personal finances and said, this is what I love to do, so I'm going to do it regardless of what anyone thinks is responsible. It is my life. Jobs in choral music education come with money issues. You've made the choice to be a choral director nonetheless and are very... Uh, happy with that choice, but you still have a whole list of financial woes that come along with the choice to follow your dreams. It's a trade-off, right? Your income is capped. No matter how hard you work, how good your choir sings or choristers make it to Allstate or not, you still get paid the same crappy salary for the rest of your career. Merit pay? Forget about it. If you want to pay off your mortgage, send the kids to Taekwondo, take a vacation, or simply put some money into savings, you're going to have to marry rich, get another job bartending or driving for Uber, work that you're not necessarily uh, passionate about, maybe taking time away from your family and negating the benefits of having that awesome teacher schedule your friends can't seem to stop talking about. Do you get paid over the summer? I never did. 
How about that vacation? I'm not sure about yours, but my bills didn't stop in July and August. Did I mention union dues? I was paying over $1,700 a year in dues on my last year of teaching. That was 3% of my salary and equivalent to one property tax payment. Have you ever had your car serviced so you can get to work, but the service costs your entire biweekly paycheck? I guess I'll be having hamburger helper this month. Church choir jobs come with high levels of stress, so let's not go there. I would know. Jesus fired me three times. Nonprofit choirs pay, on average, under $10,000 a year for a tremendous amount of work, board meetings, limited flexibility, and ugly political situations. So that's not even an option as far as I'm concerned. So many of you already teach privately. The money issues outlined earlier are the ones that choral directors face every day. So in order to overcome these money issues, you decide to set up shop and teach privately. After all, it's the quickest way to make money without having to pick up, pick up shifts at Starbucks. Now you have a whole list of new problems. Where do I get students? Parents don't pay on time. What is marketing? I think I'll make a website. Oh, wait, not a web designer. Do I need a logo? I think I need a logo. I have a logo. Maybe I'll buy some stickers. I'm official if I have business cards, right? Oh, yes, I'll make a Facebook page so people can like it and never buy anything from me. Johnny doesn't practice. Johnny wipes snot on my piano, but at least his parents pay me on time. I hope Johnny quits so I don't have to uh, have that uncomfortable conversation with Johnny's mom about proper hygiene and work ethic. And the list goes on. Leveraging groups. There's nothing like starting a group to bring a little extra cash in a short period of time, and you're already a choral director. For-profit choirs are not a time-for-dollars endeavor like private teaching or getting a job as a director at the local community choir. Let's say you have fixed costs to run your choir at $1,000 a month. We'll get into those details soon. And you have 10 choristers paying $100 a month. Now you're breaking even. Anything above $1,000 a month is pure profit. There is direct correlation between the work and effort you put into creating a quality product, recruiting new members, and the kinds of gigs you take on, paying and non-paying, and so forth. On top of all this, if you start another choir, you have the ability to negotiate smaller fees for the facilities you use, and it's likely you already own the equipment you need, like a digital piano to keep in your trunk, software to bill your students, and web hosting for your site. These costs don't rise as your business grows. Your profit margins actually increase. You are already an entrepreneur as a choir director. I was having this conversation with a friend recently, and we were discussing the fact that entrepreneurship and being the director of a great choral program are strongly correlated. No administration hires you and says, you got the job, please maintain status quo. Better yet, why don't you just tank our program? You're encouraged to make the program better, both because it's how you make your school happy and because it's important to you as your reputation is directly tied to your product. Who doesn't want to say they have a huge program with a million kids placing in Allstate every year with the highest scores at contest or competition? This sense of achievement feels great, so it drives directors to become entrepreneurial. Many of the tasks you do each year are, in fact, entrepreneurial, and you just don't realize it. So here's a list of what you already do and the entrepreneurial skills with which they align. Recruitment equals sales. Concert posters equal marketing. Concert programs equal graphic design. Press releases equal PR. Concerts equal event planning. 
Working one-on-one with a student who's more invested than the others equals coaching. Talking to parents equals counseling and negotiation. Sending detailed emails so your students do what you need them to do equals copywriting. Making resources for students like practice tracks equal content marketing. Updating your teacher page equals web design. Creating and upholding the rules in your choir handbook equals contracts. Making an itinerary for your choir's trip to Disney World equals travel planning. And budgeting equals, well, budgeting, to name a few. Well, aren't you awesome? There are some fantastic benefits to coming into, into entrepreneurship with these skills under your belt. All you have to do is adapt what you already do and apply it to your new endeavor. So things are looking up for you. My job is to let you know that it's possible to have your cake and eat it too. You can have a thriving choral music education career, pursue what you love, and make enough money on the side so that your parents can sleep at night knowing you're safe, happy, and comfortable. You can finally tell them that you made the right choice to go into music education. So take the entrepreneurial leap. Being an entrepreneur has so many benefits. The most amazing things have happened to me since I gave in and relied on myself instead of allowing others to control my happiness, even if it's just a side business, which I prefer. I have learned sales, negotiation, marketing, e-commerce, web development, persuasion, motivating yourself, interpersonal skills, contracts, time management, accountability, event planning, goal setting, and human resources. All these skills I use daily, not just in my business. They've helped me get an apartment in one of the most awesome buildings in Manhattan, make friends, go on dates, travel, speak at conferences, start an iTunes new and noteworthy podcast, gain massive influence in my niche, and a lot more. This can happen for you too. What if you love your job? Do you have to quit? No, this is a side hustle. I'm glad you love your job. Keep it. My for-profit choral business did over $500,000 in tuition while I was teaching full-time in public school. I was in a toxic administrative situation in my position as a middle school choir director, but in spite, I loved my job. The kids and the class time I spent with them were amazing, but I knew if I had a side income, the pressure from my administration wouldn't be so taxing on me. Haha, taxing. Like what I did there? About a year ago, I read a book called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. I learned about what it really means to complain. You see, people only complain about things they have power to change. No one complains about gravity, a force that sends tens of thousands plummeting to their death every year. Did you ever flip on the 11 o'clock news and see a story about the dangers of gravity and why we should stop it? Of course not. That's because you can't do anything about it, so it's not worth complaining about. So about three years into my career, I found myself complaining a whole lot, as most teachers do. I saw two choices here. I could continue complaining about people bossing me around in my job, or I could shut up and start my own thing. So I chose number two. I started my own for-profit choir business, and it was soon making well over six figures. Here's exactly what I did. In 2009, I was let go from a choir directing job at a church. I was distraught, and I wondered what I would do. I had just bought a house and needed the money. So instead of jumping into another dead-end church job, I hopped on LegalZoom, filed for an LLC, and incorporated a private organization called VoiceWorks. My hope was to provide a place for my graduating middle school students to continue singing and ringing handbells after leaving middle school. I had built a big program, 
and I knew my many students ran the risk of never singing or ringing again if I didn't do something. You see, the district I was teaching in is K-8, through and many of the high school programs in the area left much to be desired, if anything at all. On top of that, the magnet schools that accepted most of my gifted students didn't even have music programs. I was teaching in a highly academic area, and test scores were more important than a well-rounded education. I had very little money outside of what I had charged on my credit card for the LLC, so I had to get creative. I borrowed some grossly neglected handbells from a local church, borrowed space from another, from another church uh, by suggesting a partnership in which my performing ensembles would do concerts to draw the community to the church campus, which we eventually did. They also said they were happy to help and wouldn't charge me rent for the first season. I purchased a license to the studio director software so I could register students online, opened a business account, and got set up to accept credit cards through the software. It was August, and I was determined to start in January, after the Christmas holiday. So I set tuition at $79 a month and went to validate and pitch this this idea. From September through December, I called every parent whose child was involved in my Bell program at the middle school and asked three things. Number one, did your son or daughter enjoy ringing bells when they were in my class? Two, Would they enjoy ringing again as high schoolers? If the answer was yes, I moved to question three. If the answer was no, I wished them well and moved on to the next call. Question three. Can I add you to this new class I'm teaching? If yes, I said awesome. I'll send you instructions to register and pay for the first month online. I collected an email and sent instructions. After about 30 to 40 phone calls, many rejections, and just enough interest, I had had enough students to get rolling. I needed 11, and I got 11. By the grace of God and the pocketbooks of eager parents to see their children continue doing what they love, my first class, Advanced Handbell Education, was born. Terrible name, right? Each Thursday, I packed my SUV full of bells, pads, folding tables, and went to school. After school, I went to Wawa, the best convenience store on the planet, for dinner, then headed to the church for rehearsal. That June, we gave an ambitiously horrendous concert that included repertoire that was so far out of our league skill-wise. Regardless, the kids had a blast, and after that, the money I had stashed away from tuition fees allowed us to purchase a three-octave demo handbell set that Malmark Bell Craftsman had available for sale. I took delivery just before summer break. Impulse Handbell Ensemble became the name of the group, and the idea was validated, and we were profitable. It only took nine months, lots of trial and error, and a spectacularly awful concert, but I'd proven that a for-profit bell choir was possible. Fast forward seven years, and the group is stronger than ever and demands double the original tuition and earns thousands in performance fees each time they play in public. So this should be encouraging. You can do this in your own community. It costs me less than $1,000 to start, Class met one day per week and needed very little planning. I got to keep my full-time job that I enjoyed. I validated my idea by simply calling parents and asking them three simple questions that anyone can ask. There was cash in the bank by the first class because everyone had paid upon acceptance. I had free rent for the first year, and I didn't actually buy equipment until I had one season's worth of tuition in the bank. So here's a simple checklist to validate your idea, and again, This is something that I will go over in great detail in my course 
that it's going to be one-on-one and in groups on creating your own for-profit choir business. Again, go to ryanguth.com forward slash for-profit choir, all one word, for, F-O-R, profit choir. And you can apply to work with me one-on-one and in a small group on launching your choir in eight weeks. So here's a simple checklist if you want to do it on your own to help you validate your idea. Number one, you need the following, a skill to share. And number two, people willing to pay you. That is it. Now, number two is very important. It's the most important part of this small two-question checklist because you need a niche. You need a, a group to serve. It's not necessarily the group that you want to serve. It's the group that needs you the most in your community. So I have devised a system to help you figure this out. And that's something that I'll be going over with my private uh, students in my coaching group on starting your for-profit choir. Uh, this, this is the most important part. This is the make it or break it part of, of this business model. You must be able to add value to a particular niche or group of people so that your for-profit choir uh, becomes successful. If you choose to create just any old program, it's not going to work. So there are, there's some research that goes into making sure that it's the right niche for you to tap into in your community. You will also need the following, a start date, a phone to call the people who you think are willing to pay you, a place to teach, equipment, a way to collect money, an account to store the money you collect, time to read up on the skills you need to succeed as an entrepreneur, or time for trial and error. For me, that was several years. And optional, someone who's been there and done that, and a group of people in a mastermind type group willing to support you and people that are going through the same endeavor that you are. So if you want my help in this process, I will be accepting applications for a pilot program that consists of me holding hands with 10 or fewer choral directors through the entire process. You will learn the systems that I've perfected over the past seven years from choosing and validating a niche to finding your first customers to all the businessy stuff that you're afraid of screwing up on your own. At the end of eight weeks, you will have a for-profit choir started and will be cash flow positive. If you do exactly what I say, you will be cash flow positive. I will not let up until everybody in my group has launched their choir. So this is a this is a pilot program for Choir Nation, and uh, I'm looking for the best people to start this program with. So if you feel as though you're somebody that would like to do this, again, it is ryanguth.com forward slash for profit choir. I'll be posting about it in the Choir Nation Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash choir nation. I will not take just anybody. If I only have three qualified candidates, that's who I'm going to take. They need to be qualified. So what that means is they need to have some type of influence in their local community already. They need to be established in their local community. 
They need to be motivated. They need to be self-aware. They need to be hard workers. They need to be people that have an, abun- an abundance mindset, okay? Not, not a mindset of scarcity. They need to be people that are ready to get out there in the choral world and grow Choir Nation with me. So I look forward to receiving your applications online. Uh, I'll be making my decisions within a week or so of who I'm going to accept in this program. Uh, Today, the release date of this episode is Wednesday, May 4th. I'm going to give it one week, one week. So Wednesday, May 11th, I'm going to stop receiving applications and I will make my choices as to who will be a part of this program. It will cost you money. However, you will be cash flow positive, so you will pay yourself off very quickly for the cost of this program. You also need to make sure that you have a little bit of money in the bank, about $1,000 or so, so that you can pay for the startup costs of this endeavor. But remember, once you let yourself out of that comfort zone, once you start to feel a little like, oof, we're, we're, getting, we're pushing it a little bit, that's when you're going to be motivated to get your program going off the ground, and I'll be there holding your hand every step of the way. So you are not alone. I will uh, talk to you very soon. I'll see you online. Hit me up on Facebook. Again, facebook.com slash groups slash choir nation, all one word, or search it up in your search bar. And uh, you can find me on CoralNet as well, CoralNet by ACDA online. You can do that as well. So um, love you. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening today to the Find Your Forte podcast, episode 50. Woohoo! Thank you for listening to Find Your Forte with Ryan Guth. As always, join Ryan online at www.ryanguth.com for detailed show notes and discussions on every episode. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Until next time, be amazing.